You guys, thank you so much. Your prayers, your support for our trip, incredible. The gifts you guys provided, I want to tell you stories. It's so hard. If you've never been on a missions trip, I'm looking at Diane, you have no idea what you give and how small it is and how far it goes. I'm going to show you pictures that will blow your mind. Some of you gave medicine. Some of you gave socks. I saw people crying, weeping, receiving these kind of things. These are God's choice servants that are receiving this kind of grace and goodness. Some of you gave me cash to give. So just all sorts of gifts that you helped out with. Uh, your prayers, thank you, thank you. The Bibles, uh, I'm going I'm to share with you so many things. But uh, we visited the countries of Bangladesh, which I didn't disclose to you, I don't think, before we went, and also Thailand. Um, okay, I'm working on this, and it isn't working, Jim. So how come it's not turning? I'm looking for Jim, and he's not here. So I'm gonna have to, I'll do it manually here. So let's, I'm gonna, let's talk about Bangladesh first, okay? And uh, let me, that's, that's where we spent like a week there. And so I just love this scripture. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. He's doing it in Bangladesh. He's building you and your own life, your family, your situation. But the Lord is at work greatly in this country of Bangladesh. Five days we spent in Bangladesh. Here's a map of Bangladesh. Uh, we flew into the, 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 ca the capital called Dhaka, and then we took a, a six-hour journey up to Bogra, a, a large city and, um, you know, in Bangladesh. Uh, it's 170 million people. That's a lot of people. Bangladesh is smaller than the state of California. The United States is only 332 million people. Half the population of the United States fits into, like, California. Picture that. And so it is, it, it's like India on steroids is Bangladesh. 17 million people in the capital. This is a picture of the capital of uh, Dhaka. And uh, one of the signs we saw, this is me from a hotel. I took a video up here just talking about this is the sea of people that you see uh, in Bangladesh. Um, Islam, 94%. It's really about 96%. Uh, Islam is so radical there, it's actually driving the Hindus out. Hinduism is going down. It's probably now at 2 or 3%. 0.3 Christians, 3% uh, are Christians in Bangladesh. It contains the largest unreached people group in the world. The Sheikh with over 132 million people. That's half the population of the United States. One unreached people group. We drove through village after village after village. Some cities size millions of people. There is not one Christian. There is not one church. It is unbelievable. It is a lost, unreached area. Here's a typical Bangladesh man. Um, is there a way that I could get one of those uh, um, uh, chairs? Maybe someone could bring me one. Just a little stool in the back there. I'm sorry, I think I told in the first service, you guys. Uh, I, uh, I, I went to bed at 9 p.m. I got up at midnight. <laughs> and, and so we, we, we got in on Friday night. And so I'm, I was just like, wow, Lord. Uh, God's grace is so sufficient. And, uh, but it would be so nice to... Thanks so much, Tom. Just to kind of sit down here would be great. So this is a typical just kind of Bangladesh man that you see walking the streets there. And uh, it's one of the, 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 the world's poorest uh, nations due to overpopulation, natural disasters, and political corruption. 
uh, the nation of Bangladesh. Uh, here's a picture of just, you know, just a, a typical alleyway. And the houses are all sorts of different types, but this is re- really par for the course there. Christians face persecution in Bangladesh big time. Even though the Constitution grants religious freedom, there is a lot of persecution in Bangladesh. And I'll maybe tell some stories about that. Um, here's just a group of men, Muslim men, on the roadside and uh, just kind of doing their thing. In the midst of uh, these challenges, Jesus is growing his church. I mean, there are pockets in Bangladesh that are so special with what God is doing, and that's why we went there, because of our partnership and the stories and how God is at work, even in this country. I got some feedback here, Robert, that is, I'm not sure what's going on. So this is uh, Pastor B, and uh, he's our church planning partner there in uh, Bangladesh, I'm not going to go into his story because I'm going to tell it in the main service other than just saying this. uh, uh, We started in Bangladesh supporting 10 church planters, and many of you in this room even, I can't remember all your names, you supported one of these church planters. And I met them, I spent days with them, they're dear men and women of God, and I just want to thank you for your commitment, and we're going to continue to do that and actually expand even into maybe uh, supporting a total of 35 church planners and pastors. You're going to meet, and I'll tell you the story of Pastor B in the main service. So I took a lot of just pictures for you. The streets are so crazy, and I love this kind of stuff. You have to know. Crazy thinks it drives her nuts, but I love the people and the craziness and the traffic and transportation is unbelievable. So I'm just going to share with you several pictures and some of the video I took, which will kind of shock you. But uh, here's just a rickshaw. This is another way of getting around in Bangladesh, one of the brothers that I met there. And uh, here's Tracy in a rickshaw with uh, the pastor's wife, Melita, and they're just cruising. This is me just with some locals. I just was like, dude, what's up? And they, you know, we were like the only Americans, white people that they'd ever seen. I mean, where we went, it's like no man goes. And so we just stuck out, and people just stop, and they're like, what? You know, and I'm just like, what? We're waving, and, uh, you know, I'm doing videos, and they think I'm some celebrity, and I'm like, what's going on? I go, I want to get a ride in your ride, and just hanging out with people. I have so much fun. Uh, these guys, this, check this out, man. Is that crazy? That's like home builders going to church on Sunday. I don't know. That's like the Rob Wright family right there. Are you following me? Uh, and then this dude, he's waving this stick at everyone. I, I was, we were behind this guy in this bus, and I'm just crying. I'm like, what is this guy doing with this stick? Just waving it everywhere. I have no idea what was going on. But, and then this is a typical bus. I mean, you, yeah, they, oh, man, it, that just, then that's typical. Uh, here's another mode of transportation, that three-wheeling kind of deal. Uh, these guys. <laughs> Now, you need to understand, this is going down the highway. They're coming at us at 50 miles an hour. And I'm just, they are cruising, man. It's just awesome. Uh, these guys were great on their tractor, just cruising down with their load of wood. This is a tank going down the street. I mean, is that crazy or what? I love it. That's Steve Western, and I don't know who. So uh, this guy had a sewing machine on, just driving down the street with a sewing machine. I'm like, dude, you are the man. And uh, this was like on the street to go to the airport. <laughs> I'm like, wow, okay, all right. 
Uh, <laughs> this is driving down the highway. This isn't parked. This is a uh, this is like a bamboo dragster, okay? Are you following me? I mean, this is unbelievable. They're just dragging it, man. <laughs> it's just great. I'm loving it. Uh, okay, this is my first video of just, uh, this is just driving down. Now, this is a city, so it's slow. We're not in the highway where, like, cars are coming at you at 60 miles an hour, but, but I think you're going to really like this, I think. Oh, ah, I got to get this. got to get it right. Okay, here we go. That's just a typical day in Bangladesh. We're having a good time. These are the streets. Back and forth in the ministry and uh, wow. So just wanted to say hi and Thanks for all your prayers. <laughs> We've definitely been needing them. And uh, yeah, this is it. Woo! If only you could understand what it's like to be on, going 60 miles an hour down the road and a bus is coming right at you and they swerve out of the way. They don't care about stop signs. They don't have stoplights. They don't have lanes. I mean, it is wild, man. It is really crazy. This is the Cafe 4 of Bangladesh. I just showed up and I said, let's drink, man, what's going on? Had a good time with that brother. And uh, cappuccino, this is just the market that they have just on the sides of the streets. Uh, this, bad hair day for that woman, I, that's all I could think. I just, uh, yeah, okay. Can you relate? Any ladies here, can we relate? Any men, can you relate? All right, all right. Uh, this is the Ganges River that goes through Bangladesh, just a little picture of that. Um, beautiful, just outside of Dhaka. The dust and the smog is just so thick, it's unbelievable. And then you get outside of Dhaka, it's just beautiful toward Bulgara, where we were going. Uh, just again, rice fields everywhere. The main crop is rice. It's planted by hand only everywhere and harvested by hand as well. Uh, just again, rice fields beautiful as we're driving. Uh, this is rice production. Um, and often you see the women out here working uh, all the time. It was, it's beautiful, actually, just to watch the whole process. Uh, brick making, the men. Brick making is everywhere in Bangladesh. Um, everywhere you see it happening. Um, you also see mosques everywhere. Ah, thank you so much. Did you spike it with anything? I need it. No, just joking. So, uh, I mean, mosques are just everywhere. Uh, it just, again, it's uh, Islamic country. Some more pictures of that. Um, these are cattle houses that are used to store thousands of cattle that are required for Muslim sacrifice. And these are everywhere. Um, these are cattle. Uh, Pastor B, our contact there, uh, he would share with us that there are three to four days each year where his family does not even go outside because there is so much blood on the streets from the, the cattle sacrifices that are required. And so you'd have a, like most of the Bangladesh, you got these really kind of run, difficult, shabby looking kind of uh, apartments. And there's six families that live in an apartment building. And each family is required to sacrifice a cow. And there's a competition to show who can get the bigger cow. And when they sacrifice it, the blood is just everywhere. And the flies, they're trying to pass laws against this. But there will be three to four days they will not even go outside as a family 
because of just the horror of what you see. Imagine if out in front of your house, you've got all the neighbors sacrificing a cow. And it's just uh, quite a sight. Um, here's a Muslim family preparing for sacrifice. This is kind of an eerie sight in the morning. I'm like, wow, you got the crows there. I mean, is that, that is a crazy picture just outside of my, uh, you know, just, just cars. We're driving by. Um, a typical dress for a Muslim woman, woman on the streets. Muslim men will dye their hair red. You see this with henna. Uh, it's believed that Muhammad dyed his hair this way. And by doing this, and you'll see probably one out of, I'd say, every 50 Muslim man, he's, he has his hair dyed red and his beard. And they believe that by doing this, they will receive a blessing from Allah. Um, but in the midst of all this, and this is where we kind of turn the corner to some of the ministry, you see that the Lord is building his church. And we're coming down the streets that you just can't even imagine. And all of a sudden, we come around a corner and we see this church that in the midst of unreached people is just arising. And we come in and we see, you know, 80 children in this beautiful children's ministry. They're singing praises to Jesus. They're welcoming us. And this is the video that we sent you a couple of weeks ago. That's Pastor James there uh, on the right, just kind of with the peace sign. And he just loves these kids, and he's teaching them songs, and they're coming to Christ. And then they had a women's meeting in this village where all these women invited us in, and Tracy and I gave a little devotional. They're learning skills for life, and they're learning about Christ, and they're coming to faith, and they're beautiful women. Uh, and then uh, we, we went to another meeting, and this is where there was a reception for us. I'll just let you So we walked down this kind of, they led us in a procession. I wasn't sure exactly what we were going to see. And then we're brought into a meeting room, and we see this. We see 150 brand new Christians. One of you supported this pastor. One pastor in one year saw 150 brand new Christians come to Christ. This is just one of the, one of the pastors we're supporting. And I walk in, and I see all these, I'm like, these are this, is this your congregation? No, these are just brand new Christians that have come to faith and they're coming here to be baptized and on top of it all, this is so beautiful, you guys. Remember, we took up that offering and I think I'm going to talk about it in a second. We took up that offering for Bibles for China. $2,300 came in extra. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to bring this with us. 150 Bibles, you know how much that cost? $2,300. With that extra money, we gave a Bible. Remember, Jerry, we met. You said God's going to provide. God provided to the penny for 150 Bibles to give. The, and I preached a little sermon here for these brand new Christians with tears and joy. Half the Christians in Bangladesh don't even own a Bible. And these are brand new Christians. And for them to have a Bible, you're going to see just what it's like in a second here. Uh, this, beautiful girls, they have the girls sit on one side, the guys on the other. Maybe we should do that in Home Builders. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> But uh, this is how they are, and you just see beautiful girls, and this is me at the baptismal site. I'm giving a greeting to you guys. Hey, home builders, guess where I'm at? Bangladesh. Amazing thing. Remember that offering we took up for uh, Bibles for China? Well, $2,000 more came in, and here we are, 150 people in Bangladesh, brand new Christians, 
Right now they're being baptized. And we were able to give them each a copy of God's Word, a full Bible. And uh, only half the Christians in Bangladesh even have a copy of God's Word. And right now, uh, we're able to provide that for them, those who are being baptized. Thank you so much for giving. Love you guys. God bless you. Wow. Hallelujah. So we go into that meeting. There's the stack of Bibles. And I, I teach on the importance of God's Word and how to grow as a Christian. And then we pass out those Bibles one to eat. I mean, here's a picture of the girl. Or oh, there they are. Oh, here, here. Listen to this. This is Pastor B. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, if you guys saw where they lived, you know, they walked hours to come here. To have a Bible is so precious. Um, it's just, it's, it's light in the midst of darkness. And it's so beautiful. So thank you, just, you know, your prayers. You guys, your giving, it, it goes so far at our church with what we do. It's a beautiful thing. These are the girls. I mean, just like they wanted a selfie with me, and then I showed them the picture. And they don't see it. They don't, there's no white guys around here at all, ever. I mean, especially a guy with, what is that? It's a cell, you know, they, they don't see this. And it, it's unbelievable. They're just like going crazy. Like, are you serious? And it's just so special, overjoyed. We go to another meeting and we show up and here is a reception and Tracy was bawling at this one. A hundred kids in an orphanage are, are in, a, in a school are wined up to welcome us. And there are 35 pastors at the end of this that we spent time in training. And we're just like, walking through this and they're honoring us i'm like what are you talking about we're here to honor you and uh this was a, a very emotional time um here's the kids and we come into this room and here they are singing Yeah, and, you know, again, you're talking about an Islamic culture. They've never heard of Christ ever, and these kids are coming to Christ, and they're just worshiping. It's, it's just beautiful. Uh, we gave them gifts. Uh, many people donated gifts. Uh, we had someone give us, how many Beanie Babies, Tracy? I mean, Beanie Babies. And we passed each one of these a Beanie Baby and we gave them candy and this colorful bracelet. Tracy did a great job sharing the gospel with all of them. And he, she did it outside right here, and they're all standing there. And then we spent, uh, several, we spent a day just in pastoral training inside the room with these pastors uh, that just traveled so far from the regions. And uh, this is them holding up a C's candy they'd never had before. C's, they sponsor my trips. I'm so grateful for them. And I just pass out candy all over the world. It's so funny. I feel like Willy Wonka, you know, out there, man. It's crazy. And uh, then, you know, uh, I was able to give them a C's candy shirt. And uh, it just, you know, and then this is crazy. This, this. So the pat, I, we're passing out these gifts. And Pastor B comes up to me. He goes, Pastor Mark. He goes, you won't believe this. I go, won't believe what? He goes, this is what just happened. I go, what just happened? He goes, you see those backpacks? I go, yeah. He goes, December 10th, I had a meeting. Pastors came to the church where we're sitting right there, like the key pastors, there were eight of them. 
And they said, we have one request, Pastor B. Can you please provide each of our pastors with a backpack? They need a backpack. I mean, they don't have much money at all. And Pastor B knew what, but he didn't want to ask me personally to bring backpacks all the way from the States. That's a lot of money. And so he just said, he prayed about it. He goes, well, we'll pray. So we show up with two suitcases. We bring exactly 35 backpacks. 35 backpacks. And so he says, God overprovided. And I mean, this is incredible. God's grace. Can you imagine? They're in the middle of nowhere. I mean, nowhere. If you saw how far it is, and they have a request for 35 backpacks, and God, without even mean, we didn't know. We just brought them. God. And so that's the kind of God that loves you too. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever needs, God knows what's going on. He's Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. He'll meet your need. He's faithful. Look to him. Trust him. Well, so many stories. This is Pastor Nelson. I'm going to tell his story in the main service, so I'm going to go ahead and skip that. And uh, this is him presenting me with my first lungi. It will be my last I, I, as well. This is the traditional garb that they wear. And he showed me how to put it on and tie it. And uh, he was hoping I'd wear it. And I'm like, when I go to heaven, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, and I just was driving and I'm like, Lord, what track are they on? What track are these 170,000 uh, Muslims on in Bangladesh? Jesus says, I am the way. And we need to be praying for Bangladesh, this country. Uh, Pastor B, you're going to hear his story and you will want to pray for him. He is our contact. You're going to hear his story. It's very moving in the main service. I'll tell it. Uh, this is a picture of uh, Pastor B and his church planting team of 35. And uh, let's be keeping them in prayer. I can't give you these pictures. Um, all these pastors, their, their lives, uh, to be a Christian in Bangladesh, it's, it's very difficult. And I'll talk maybe... I don't have time to go into that right now. You're going to hear some of the stories in the main service of what persecution is like. Let's move on to Thailand a little bit here, guys. Um, of course, where we went in Thailand, we flew into Bangkok, and then we went up north. You can see all the way to a place called Chiang Rai. Chiang Rai is the place for the Barnabas and Partners Training Center. This is our team when we landed there. The first part in Bangladesh, just Tracy and I, and uh, then the second part in Thailand, uh, we brought in a team from our church to train the Chinese pastors. There's a lot of persecution in China. You're going to hear about it. I'll tell you some stories. And so John Bechtel, remember John, had a vision to build a training center outside of China to bring these pastors in a retreat where it's safe. I've taught inside China before. It's crazy. And uh, you're, you're, it's, you're, you're, your life is in jeopardy. I mean, I had to sleep with my shoes on ready to run at any time. Uh, the police, it's, it's, it's scrutinized. China, you hear a lot like there's freedom. Let me tell you, Christians are greatly persecuted in China still. They're monitored, they're monitored, they're repressed, and it is a difficult thing to be an evangelical Christian in China today, big time. And so for them to come out of China and receive a neutral area where they could just be freed up in their spirits is, is incredible. I always take weird pictures of signs. The assembly point. There were bathrooms right there. I was like, hmm, okay. 
That's like hardcore, man. I don't know. So I said, James, get over there. So he did. Uh, here's another sign. I don't know if you want to read that sign, but can you read it? Neither can I. <laughs> I'll let you use your imagination. It is kind of funny, but sorry. Uh, this is Tracy. She loves bunnies. And, you know, so we, uh, we, we took this picture, and then the lady kept walking, and then James goes, you know, she is taking that home to eat it. <laughs> and this is me in the market. I, have no, I don't know what those are. I just thought I'll, I'll mimic those things. They're chicken? Chicken feet, man. Just You've had them before, huh? Man, nibble, nibble, huh? At our next home builder's meal, we need to do that, huh? Carl Ricker, can you bring it? All right. So Barnabas uh, Partners Training Center. This is a center dedicated to the training of Chinese pastors. So here's some pictures of it. A little sports hoop down there. Then there's a brand new building in the background that we just helped build. And uh, here's Barnabas in the center. And this is where the training happens, the main building, which is uh, two stories. Uh, and here's like the, the, where people eat. And um, this is the training area, 110 pastors uh, showed up for this conference. They're from 10 different districts all over China uh, in the leading church movements in China. Uh, you've got some networks that uh, are 15 million strong, others that are 5, 7 million strong. We're talking about one network. Uh, the, the, the Church of China, explosive growth. 1974, there were thought to be only 1 million Christians. Today, 100 million Christians. It's estimated that 10,000 people become Christians every single day in China. What God is doing in China has never been seen before in the history of Christianity. And this church is, is in many ways in the heart of supporting the work of God in China. It is a privilege. I don't even understand the, the honor and the privilege that God gives us. I, we hold it humbly and just say, Lord, use us. Help us to be a blessing to these dear servants that come here. And there's Tra Tracy sharing. Uh, we, we write a little cake. Tracy writes this cake. And I've learned, you know, this is the fourth time we've done the seminar. We do a seminar, and I shared a little bit in the main service. I'm not going to do it next service. I just kind of jet lagged, and I talked about it. I don't know why. But um, we do a training for them on the urban church. The history of China is the church was underground, and then it went to home churches. Um, and to where uh, you could avoid persecution and you're in homes. The church now is moving into the urban areas. And, and it's a difficult, especially in populous areas, for the Chinese government to shut down those churches. They're still illegal, but they kind of use a blind eye and a deaf ear and they let you kind of function, even though it's illegal, you know, to the government. Uh, China is atheistic. They don't allow any Christianity, any religion, not allowed. And they stomp it out everywhere. And so they kind of turn their, their, their eye away from it. Uh, and so the church is starting to grow publicly, visibly. And um, yet they don't know how to do a public, visible church. When you've been underground and in a house your whole life, and all of a sudden, what does it mean to have a youth ministry, a children's ministry? What's a board? How do you do pub, you know, corporate worship? Um, how do you, what's administration? Like, they have no concept of a youth pastor. They have no concept of a children's pastor. So I'll bring in Austin Foxworth, a children's pastor. That changes their mindset. They go, wow, this is a pastoral role? 
I mean, they kind of just, children are, you know, they, they don't understand. They, they've never seen this before. And so basically, there, I say there's 14 slices. Isn't cake good? And everyone's like, yeah. And then we're gonna, there's going to be a different slice of the cake, and we do 14 sessions over the course of four days, teaching eight hours a day. And we teach on the urban church. Basically, I show them pictures of our church. I show them pictures of home builders, talk about communities, small groups, everything imaginable at our church we talk about. And then it's being taken all over China, all over China. Um, how we do church at Three Crosses, uh, how preaching, uh, uh, worship, everything is just being talked about. And believe me, they take it and they implement it. The Chinese are some of the hardest working, ingenious, creative people I've ever seen in my life. They are so committed. So this is what we do. Um, so I wanted you to see, to understand, these pastors have been persecuted, and I'll tell you stories that will break your heart, but this is a victorious church. These men and women are so powerful in Christ, and I want you to hear their worship a little bit, and then, I'm, then actually letting you hear them pray. They would, my life was changed in, uh, I'm trying to remember now, sweetie, when was it, 2001? 2001 when I went for the first time and I heard the Chinese pray. If you've ever heard a persecuted Christian pray, it will change your life. It changed my life and set me on a completely different course. And so um, I'm going to show you a little snippet. Um, but I spent four days with these pastors, and every time, I've never prayed once in my life the way they all pray all the time. Not one time have I ever prayed the way the Chinese persecuted church pray. They cry out to God, and they pray hours crying out to God. And to be in their midst is to be right in the throne room of God. It's powerful. So here's just a little feel, and... Uh, 他们一生的奉献，耶稣，我们将荣耀颂赞，都完全的归给你。耶稣，我们众人在你面前的祷告，奉耶稣基督的圣名。It's it's just constantly like that. Times they'll pray and they're all praying out loud, all together, and they will just erupt, like it is so loud. Them crying out to God, it's absolutely incredible. Just again, I spent one night. Two hours. I gave him candy, <laughs> and I, I talked two hours about Israel. I showed him 200, and I don't know how many of you are on the slides. There's 200 and some slides about Israel. They would never be able to go to the Holy Land. I could bring the Holy Land to them, and they are just on the front seat just going, are you kidding me? And I'm taking them through just Bethlehem and Judea and, and just all the, it's it, just an incredible time with them. Um, I told the story in the main service. That's Barnabas holding up the cross. <laughs> we played games. They needed to release, and you're going to hear a little bit about that as well. And you, this is just worth watching again. 
We show this in the main service, but this is. There's one time I teach for an hour and a half, and I say, okay, it's time to give you a break. And they say, no, we want a game. I'm like, what? I go, no, you need to go to the bathroom. No, we want a game. And I'm like, are you kidding? So we just had game after they loved it, and then they'll take them back. They'll take them back to China. It's just like, so they're playing crazy games everywhere. You know, it was just so fun. Um, this is Pastor David. I, I meant to tell a story this morning, I just didn't have time, so let me tell it now. Oh, man. This is a typical story. He grew up in a non-Christian home uh, in the, in, and went into the military. You know, again, uh, China atheistic. So no understanding of God. And yet uh, in the military, he was there thinking he's a good man. And he got drunk. He just got plastered one night. And so his friends drug him back to the barracks, and he woke up and puked and everything. And it was then at that moment that he realized he was a sinner. And he just cried out to God, and God came in him powerfully and transformed his life. And immediately, he starts preaching about God and Jesus. He doesn't even know what he's saying. But he finds a church, and he gets trained, and then he, he has this passion to share the gospel uh, uh, to, a, to other areas. And he finds a movement that I'm not going to mention the name that we're associated with, and he gets trained, he gets a one-way ticket to an unreached people group. And he travels with 16 people. And they go and they preach the gospel and they start churches. And on their way back, they're singing praises to God. And the police arrest them and throw them into jail. And for 15 days, they beat them mercilessly. And I can't, won't go into the details of the beating that they received. But during this time, he's telling me, that they did not feel the pain. He goes, God took the pain away from all uh, 16 of us. And he's telling me the story. And I said, let me ask you, Pastor David, I said, if someone came to you and just said, here you are, you've said that you want to serve God, and yet God has brought you into this terrible moment. I go, what, what, what would you say? And he said, I'm not ashamed to suffer for Jesus. All that happens is for God's glory. <laughs> and now this guy, he's one of the pastors we support. He, he has started a church of 200 right now that he pastors. And watch this. He has started 27 other churches that are in just his network in China. Just incredible. Um, this is Sister Zoe. Oh, my. One year ago, uh, and I've met her. This usually... 99% of the people don't come back. She came back to our conference, and I remembered her. I remembered her story. You ought to hear her pray. Unbelievable. But she started a new church one year ago. It's grown to 300, okay? Due to the growth, in September of 2016, the government placed a notice on her church saying the church would be bulldozed down 
in three days and everyone was to get out. So she's telling me the story. And I'm going to show you her telling it in a second because I, it was so emotional that I said, I got to record this. And she's telling me the story. And I said to her, I said, so what did you do? And this is what she said. We have started wilderness praying. And I said, what? And she goes, this is what we do. Uh, every single night. And she's done this since September 2016. Her and her church at 7 p.m. at night, they go into the wilderness and they pray from 7 p.m. to midnight and sometimes to 2 in the morning. And Barnabas was telling me, he goes, sometimes they'll go and pray and it's in the snow and their, their hair is so full of snow, they don't even know what, they're just, the, the anointing of God for prayer is so powerful. This wilderness point, they have to go into the wilderness so they're not persecuted, so they're not arrested by the police. And this is their strategy to fight against their church being bulldozed. And then she said that also there were other members in their church that had contacted uh, the government and said this, um, if you want to take the church, you can take my life first. That's what they're saying to the government. What's happened is that this church has become a bit of a, an item. It's now gone uh, global. And if you go on the internet, you can even read about this. And, and all of China is becoming aware of what's happening in this one church with this sister Zoe. And uh, what's happening is that people are now coming to the church because they're hearing about it. It's getting notoriety. And people are being saved. And they're coming to faith. And I'm like, and being healed? And I'm like, Zoe, I go, what do you think God's plan is for this? And she said, God is going to take our church to a higher place to be a blessing to all of China. And indeed, that's what is, what's happening. Um, the last thing we heard is when we were there, um, she said her people are still wilderness praying every single day as she was in this conference. And uh, she said she just got word that a man across the street is so moved by what's going on in their church. And he has a building that he's willing to give this building to the church. And in fact, they were moving all, the whole church, all their stuff out of the church and into that new building. And evidently that church is going to get bulldozed by the government. But uh, God had provided. And then I, I just, I'm just like, I, she just said this to me. She just said, I am willing to die for Jesus for my life as all do to God's grace. <laughs> and I just went, um, here's a little bit of her that I recorded her just talking about this story to me. She loves her peop the people so much. She said to me, she admitted, she said, I, it's been such a grueling emotional thing. She said, I've, I've wanted to kill myself. It's so hard. And Barnabas is, she goes, I know it's wrong to think that, but the pressure is so intense, you know, and love for the church. And Barnabas has told me, he goes, many of these pastors, it's so difficult for them. This conference means so much to them to get away and the joy and, 
You know, it's the pressure. We, they, they work seven days a week. It's seven days full on. It's 20, it, it, it's, we don't quite understand that. That's the world. The United States, you know, we have weekends off. That is not the case for the rest of the world. We have vacations. That's not the case for the two-thirds world, you know. That, that, that's just not it. Pastor Leo and Jill, I'm not going to tell this story. <laughs> Look at that smile on her face. Isn't that, isn't that great? They grew up both in non-Christian homes. Their two children died. And Jill became incredibly depressed. And Leo didn't know what to do as her husband. And he said, why don't you go to those Christians? They seem like they're always smiling. So, <laughs> so she goes into a, a house church. And, and she discovers the joy of Christ. And she, come, she comes to Christ. She comes home and she's singing praises in their house. And he's like, man, my wife's nuts now. And anyway, God blesses them with another child. And that child is like a year old, and it's starting to manifest the same symptoms of the two children that they lost. And he says, you have that church of yours pray for our child. And let's see if God answers. God, God answered, and that child is doing just fine. And this man goes, okay, there is a God, and I will commit my life to Jesus Christ. He does, you bet. And he gives his life to Christ, and he gets training. He starts to preach the gospel. Uh, in 2005, they started fo serving full-time. Today, he has a church. It's 1,000 members, and their, their church meets in 11 different centers. He, he, he oversees one church with 200 and the rest in the other centers. Incredible. Um, Pastor John, I'm going to tell his story in the main service. This is a banded crate. This was literally down the road when we were cut. This is the most poisonous snake in all of Thailand. It, there, it, it's so poisonous. There, there is no venom. I mean, there's no uh, antidote. To even developed it. You get bit by it, you're going to die. And this was just going down the street. I'm like, and there were pastors walking down the street. This is at night. And I'm like, guy. And Barnabas goes, get out of the way. And I'm like, I got to get a picture of it for home builders. I go, <laughs> so, so he goes, just keep your distance. So I, I did. I got the picture. Look at that. Wow. Uh, we took one afternoon, and some of these pastors, they've never been out, even out of China, let alone on an airplane. At a retreat, we took them for an elephant ride, and it blew their minds away. That's and I, here's a little. Do we have time? It's a little something here. Just now, when you're in Thailand, you take your elephant for a little bath, and uh, so here we are, hanging out, cruising down the river, and uh, I'm here with my pastor friend. His name's James. And uh, we're having a good old time, just hanging out with our elephant. Of course, we've got uh, James and Austin behind us. What are you doing, Dad? Hey, we're uh, cruising down the river in an elephant in Thailand. <laughs> it's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. Our elephant's a little bit bigger than James and Austin, so I don't think we're going to get wet, but I have a feeling they will. <laughs> so anyway, having a great time. Thanks for all your prayers. Don't know if you can see this or not, but uh, having a great time. The Lord is at work here. And uh, wow, so much God is doing. It's kind of fun to just take a little break with these pastors and 
First time many of them have even been on an airplane, let alone an elephant. Incredible. So, Lord blessings. Uh, this was my crazy son, James. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was missing his wife. So, uh, <laughs> these young bucks, you know, I mean, hey, what can we say? He just was married and, you know, man, is that crazy? These are the Bibles that our church, we, we just, you know, blessed be God's people. Um, you prayed for, you gave to, and study Bibles that we handed out. And this is such an emotional time. Uh, Larry, I see Larry over there. I know that this time we're just in tears as these dear pastors have no idea the gifts they're going to be receiving in a, in a backpack. And uh, all these gifts, you know, socks and uh, candy and medicine and thumb drive with all sorts of information they can use and take back and go, you know, study materials. And, uh, and then a study Bible. To have a Bible in, in China is difficult, but a study Bible, oh my, this is just unbelievable. And so they just, uh, there is just hugs and love and, and you can see them just rejoicing. And I, and I do have a video. Uh, that's them, Rick McKinney. Rick just gave me a bunch of $1 bills, and they, they're just, they have a $1 bill, and they're just all smiling, going, this is great. And uh, this is the team, just everyone there. Uh, and this is Barnabas. This is just the, the blessing I want to leave you with, just to hear. Hey, home builders, thank you so much. Guess what? We're here in Thailand with all of the pastors. Check it out. You guys gave so much. And it provided all of these Bibles for these pastors. You can see them holding up your pictures, too, as well. You guys are the greatest. Barnabas, what is this going to mean for them to have this Bible? Uh, you know, they, have, they may have Bibles, but a lot of them, they have never owned a study Bible. It's a great tool for all of them. And I will tell you that they treasure your gift very much, very much more than anything else. Thank you so much. Thank you! Mm -hmm.